Sweet water, oceanic and rhythmic, gushing, lapping, filling, emptying. I am the flow that beckons to know your depths and crevasses. You take me there into the mystery where I become the sea, eternally bathed in unity, until once again, what was one becomes two, all because of you. We're all alone And we're all Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. My name is Amanda Lux and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community for Energy Medicine and Dream Work. And today we are talking about the water element. Specifically, we're going to talk about the challenge points of the water element because we are in the soul care series exploring how we can balance our own energy through having this understanding of what the elements are and how they work. And the challenges that tend to reside in our second chakra often have to do with boundaries, maybe being either overly emotional or not in touch enough with your emotions. It has to do with creativity and whether or not we are able to create what wants to move through us or if we are feeling blocked in our creativity. And then, of course, the water element is about pleasure. It's about sensuality. It rules all of our sexual organs and our fluid systems and our ability to tune in to the fluctuating sensual rhythms of nature and of our bodies and our energy and to exchange with others, right? That's why sometimes boundary issues come up in the water because it's about that exchange where the first chakra, the earth becomes the second. That's about one dividing into two. So it's relational. It's about our relationships with others and with the world and with ourselves. And the water element, when out of balance, can sometimes end up being overly focused on pleasure sensations or on addiction and needing external sources in order to feel nourished because there's something not fully engaged in ourselves where we have abandoned ourselves. So this is a really juicy episode where I'm going to be talking about all of those pieces and how we can meet them energetically just by understanding where we are out of balance in what ways we can actually affect change that ripples out into all these different areas of our lives. When we feel in harmony, then we know who we are. We have a sense of agency within ourselves. We know what we are feeling and we are in touch with our emotions. We can trust what we sense and we're in touch with our physical, intuitive knowing. We know how to let go and how to receive. The water element is related to the second chakra, which is also the sacral chakra. The Sanskrit word for the second chakra is svaristana, which means one's own abode or to take in pleasure. 
And I love both of these definitions because the first one, when you consider one's own abode, really to me is about sovereignty and fully inhabiting your own physical body. And as we talked about throughout this series of episodes and the last series all about the elements, the energetic step down that happens from the more etheric elemental chakras down into the physical realm, we got to the fire last week and we were talking about how that's really about embodiment. It's the first place where energy becomes tangible. And so if the fire is really that place of initial embodiment, the water is that place of deepening our relationship with our body. And I often think of the water element as really being the container for our physical intuition, for our empathic knowing, our kinesthetic ability to feel and sense and know things with our hands and with our flesh and within ourselves and in our gut, our intuitive knowing, that's the water element kind of coming online there. And as a physical empath myself, I've developed through my bodywork practice to really enhance my ability to know how to meet my clients, how to feel and palpate soul, story, emotional history, the trauma, the memories that are stored in the physical cells, how to meet that and help it to unwind on the physical level. And so usually when I do a polarity session, when I'm doing an initial intake and I'll sit down across from my client and I will intentionally create a field of resonance with my client through a variety of conscious listening techniques. But it's an amazing opportunity that we have to not only listen and reflect and create rapport with the client, but I also will enlist my own physical intuition, which I generally access through my second chakra. So I'll intentionally tune into my own body and ground deep into my own sacral chakra. And from that place, I can start to feel what my clients are feeling in their body. I'm trying on my client's energy. I'm literally allowing my own body to feel feel what's going on in their body. And oftentimes movement will arise as soon as I do that, tune in, or I will start to have new sensations that I wasn't having before. Maybe they're positive sensations or maybe they're more symptom-like and they have information. And so I can just then say, this is what I'm feeling in my body when I tune into your body. And almost always, my client will be like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Or, oh yeah, that's how I've been feeling. I don't necessarily keep it on 100% of the time because I need to have my own bodily autonomy, right? Good boundaries. But when I do tune back in intentionally throughout the session, I'll kind of do these check-ins back into my own body. How does it feel in relation to their body? And suddenly I will have a sensation in my own body that will really specifically guide me to where their pain is or what the dysfunction is and how to treat it, how to meet it. I get so much information through my own physical intuition. But when you think back to this whole idea of one's own abode, I can only really do this in a clean way if I am clear about my energetic boundaries. 
So where does my energy end and theirs begin? And if I can't differentiate that, then I will just be confused and lost in the session. I won't know whether I'm projecting something, if I'm just co-mingling and taking something in that isn't helpful. And I won't understand why or what I'm feeling. If somebody has, if their second chakra is kind of excessively out of balance, then oftentimes there is this loss of that sense of being in one's own abode. And we tend to then confuse our experiences with those around us. And there tends to be more codependency. Our container is tipping over and our energy is kind of spilling out. People who are highly empathic and who have not trained themselves energetically to be discerning, oftentimes have that experience of feeling drained from interacting with other people or of merging energy. It can feel like a loss of your own self. The door just gets wide open or it's tightly shut. It's one or the other. So we're either not letting anyone in and we're overly guarded or we're too merged. And a lot of that is about the water element being out of balance. And so that's definitely something I wanted to touch on today. And I also wanted to give some resource around that. A few soul care oriented ways that you could tend to your water element so that you can maintain your energetic boundaries while utilizing that gift of sensitivity and being able to really tune in and share energy, which is a magical beautiful, amazing gift. The water is all about how we birth things into life. How much access do we have to our womb? How much can we experience and receive pleasure? How much room do we allow for that in our lives? How can we harmonize with these deep intuitive knowings so that they are not draining for us, so that they are nurturing and nourishing for us? The water element wants to be nourished and it wants to give life. They say that water is life. Water is the carrier of life. It holds information. It circulates and distributes. And in our earth, the water is a, a closed system. So all the water in the clouds and the rain and the ocean is the same water that gets distributed again and again through our bodies and through our beings, through the weather and through the plants. We're all connected through the physicality of the water. It's in every liquid system of our body our saliva and our sweat and our tears. And in polarity, the water element resides in the three astrological areas of the sign of cancer, which resides in the breast area or chest area, and through the sign of Scorpio, which resides in your generative organs, your pelvis, your sacrum, and through your feet, which is the sign of Pisces and that's the, the last sign in the zodiac. So there's these three zones in polarity therapy that we really go to and we look to for any indications that there may be something out of balance in the water element. If there's something going on in one of those three zones, that could be true. 
or if we want to help enhance and support the water element, we do that through contacts in those three zones. So that's something to think about for yourself as you're listening, like what's your relationship with your chest or your breasts? What's your relationship with your generative organs, with your fluid systems of your body, with your sacrum, your hips? How do you feel when you tune into that part of your body? And how do you feel in relation to your feet? And can you feel your feet? Are you aware of the sensations of the contact your feet are making with the earth below you and with how you walk through the world? Through the soul care process, through my book, I provide a bunch of different ways that you can work with your water element through crying and emoting, through engaging in healthy sexual exchange with yourself or with another, through movement and dance, food and nourishment, and through creativity. Personally, that's my favorite, favorite way to engage and balance the water element is through engaging my creative passion and exploring what's inside of my emotional body and bringing that out onto canvas or onto paper or into song or into movement and dance. And these are all really powerful ways that you can, with intention and consciousness, balance your water element. Because your second chakra rules your ability to navigate relationships with healthy boundaries, it can be helpful to tune in by gently inquiring when are you losing your own needs in place of other people's or in service of others. Do you feel like you are undernourished or do you feel like you are overgiving? Or do you feel perhaps on the other end of that like you're overly indulgent in certain ways. Sometimes we flip back and forth between those two. If we are out of balance, we might not be receiving enough nourishment energetically or emotionally. We might be overgiving, and then we compensate for that by maybe overeating or overbuying or <laughs> trying to gather something on the external to replace that internal thing that is not being fed. And we're trying to fill that hole in other ways. One of the other issues that shows up in the water element then is addiction. A lot of times when we get overly reliant on external substances or food or pleasure in order to feed something that is malnourished within us on the energetic level. If we can work to rebalance our energy body in the second chakra, then it changes our relationship to those patterns. We are no longer subject to our cravings and our reliance on external sources of energy to replace the things that are missing. We can fill ourselves with our own energy and it can also balance the second chakra for any empath who feels they need more protection or they're just not able to maintain healthy boundaries with their energy or in their life, I would say what you need to do is stop thinking about the other person. Don't even think about them anymore. It's not about them. 
We need to turn our attention towards ourselves and focus on filling our physical body with our own energy. There is a simple visualization that you can invoke even with me in this very moment. It doesn't have to be long or drawn out. It can be very simple and easy. You just imagine a color that would be most nourishing for your water element and you get to make it up and it's the first thought that comes into your head. You don't question it. It could be plaid. It doesn't matter if it's one solid color or if it's a tie-dye of colors. You just choose a color, right, that feels supportive, that feels nourishing for your second chakra. And as soon as you make that decision, you just bring that color with your imagination into your body and you fill each of your cells with this color, filling up your feet and watching that line of color rise up to your knees and up to your thighs. And then as it moves up into your hips, into the region of your sacral chakra where it, it dwells, really focus on feeling the color swirl around into your second chakra, into that sacral area in your lower abdomen. Just really feeling that fill you up and then moving it up into your chest area and your upper back, into your shoulders and your head, and even outside of your physical body, just bathing your energy body with this color. And this color can act like it's your personal essence and it can also magnetize to you anything that is yours or is you that has been lost or overgiven or drained. And so this color is going to attract all of your energy back into your body and it's going to fill you up so completely that no other energy has room to hang out in there. Energy that isn't yours, that isn't supportive, that isn't helping you, that isn't that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> There's no longer any room for it inside of your physical body or in your energy body. And if you can really just connect with that, maybe even you want to wear that color. Maybe you want to dance that dance of what it feels like to be full of yourself and there's this funny idea that if we're full of ourselves, that that's like an egoic thing right I'm you're so full of yourself but it's the opposite it's actually completely the opposite because when we are full of ourselves then we aren't confusing who we are with who other people are or who they think we are we know who we are and we don't need to even worry about the ego we can actually be more giving that way. We don't have to put up do not trespass signs outside of our energy body. We don't have to close gates and doors and block people off and put all this energy into building walls because we have our boundaries set and we are so full of our higher essence, of our true essence, of our authentic being that we can just give. We have resource enough to show up and be neutrally supportive and hold space for those around us. So be full of yourself. Why not? Try that on and really see if that shifts your relationships. If you use that visual, especially before you're interacting with someone that's difficult or an old patterned relationship that's really challenging to you, or even when you think about that person, shifting the vibrational quality of your relationship 
by relating from a place of fullness within yourself, really filling your own cup. And that is the best way to deepen your relationship with your intuition and your own wisdom and your ability to discern and know what's right for you and when to say yes and when to say no. That will just naturally be easy because you have full access to yourself. This is the gift of the water. The water allows us to be nourished by our own energy, our own source. And we can then focus on how interconnected we are in a healthy way. We can use that gift of empathy to tune in to those around us in a clean way, to then be clear mirrors for other people, to support and help ourselves and others in a generous way. The water element is so abundant, it's so generous. It's the place of play and joy and pleasure. And when we are full of our own energy, we can feel all of our sensations on all those levels. We can really feel our emotions and we can tune in and we don't have to waste energy tuning things out. It's a beautiful thing when you can harmonize with your own second chakra energy, with your own water element, and let that be a nourishing source for you and for everyone you come into contact with. Masaru Emoto, who wrote the book, The Hidden Messages in Water, laid some really important groundwork for showing how our words and our thoughts and music and sound and our energy basically affects our physical reality. And our bodies are made of at least 60% water. We're fluid beings. So how are we talking to ourselves? How are we talking to our bodies, whether that's out loud or in our head? How are we speaking to the people around us? How are we thinking about the people in our field? Because our thoughts carry a vibrational force in addition to our words and our touch, right? How are we interacting on a physical level with our own bodies or the bodies of those around us who we love? Are we touching in a respectful way? Are we aware of each other's boundaries? Are we getting enough physical contact? Are we giving and receiving enough hugs to be nourished? You've probably heard about this story of the orphans who all failed to thrive because they were placed in little cribs and not held and not touched. And because we know that now, there have been implemented opportunities for people to hold babies that are in the NICU or that, that can't necessarily be with their parents or that don't have parents, right? We want to make sure they get physical contact because they won't thrive without it. 
their bodies will literally wither up and die without that touch. And that doesn't end after we grow up. You know, that's not something that we grow out of. We always need that. And so if you're not in a relationship that is touch-oriented and you you don't have anyone in your life who you can have neutral physical contact with, it's a good idea to go out and get some body work and just make sure that you are with a practitioner who has that consciousness. What they're thinking and feeling and the energy they're running as they make that neutral contact with you, that is going into your cellular structure. (laughs) So you want to be with a practitioner that is coming from a place of integrity and you want to be holding that integrity yourself within your own body and how you relate to your body. In the hidden messages of water, they showed that the vibrational quality of words themselves affected the crystalline structure of the water. Beautiful words, kind words, evoked organized shapes, and angry words or angry thoughts directed at the water created distortion. And that is exactly how our bodies respond. But not only our bodies, what else is made of water, you know? So how are we relating to the planet? What are the vibrational qualities that we are imprinting upon the oceans and the rain? How are we nourishing the earth with our thoughts and our energies? What we speak isn't just affecting our own body, it's affecting the clouds and the plants. It's affecting the animals around us. So when you think about that, it takes this idea of self-responsibility to a whole new level, that we're not just responsible to tend to our own psyche and our own physical being, that we can't just say mean shit to ourselves and think that it's not going to affect everything around us as well. We want to be as nurturing as we can, not only to ourselves, but The water is sentient and we can befriend the element of water with nourishing words and kind thoughts and loving, sensual, joyful, creative acts. We can send that energy directly to the waters and we can receive that nourishment back because it is that reflective source. We can contribute, uplift and heal and cleanse the world's waters by speaking and thinking kind words to ourselves, nourishing ourselves with healing foods, filling ourselves with our own energy, that pure essence of who we really truly are, which also then spills out into this wonderful generosity and a state of gratitude that uplifts everyone and everything around us. I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of a lone traveler's guide to the divine if you're interested in learning more about classes or upcoming events workshops dream circles please check out elevationhive.com you can learn more about balancing your energy through polarity therapy in the soul care workbook which you can order on amazon.com and i have a link in the show notes to that I so appreciate you listening, bringing your presence and your energy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
It is such an honor to be in sacred community with you.